Hey, bowlers, Bowling This Month is back. Bowling This Month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at BowlingThisMonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of pro shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also, check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. You can hear Above 180 on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and beyond, on demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me on the Above180.com podcast is Tom Clark. Tom is the CEO and Commissioner of the PBA. Tom, Tim Berg here. Thanks for joining me. My pleasure. Great to be here. Well, Tom, I thought it'd be great to catch up right now. We have a lot of great stuff going on in the bowling world, including the Grand Casino Hotel and Resort PBA Oklahoma Open is going on, so I know we're both watching that intently on Extra Frame. Also, some big news at Bowl Expo when the BPAA and PBA had an announcement, so let's talk about that and how that whole thing came together and really what folks can expect moving forward. Yeah, thanks for bringing it up. I'm really excited about it, and you know, it's really been in the works for a couple months now uh, between uh, Frank DeSocio, the executive director of the BPAA, and uh, and myself. And um, we really, really wanted to keep it under wraps and, and make sure it was the type of thing that um, once approved by uh, the BPA board um, was, was uh, announced at Bowl Expo. And as you know, Bowl Expo is really probably the most spectacular event in the bowling industry, and, and it's really cool to be able to make big announcements there. So that's where uh, we made the announcement, along with Nancy Shank, the president of the BPAA, and, and Frank and I. And I'm really proud. I'm really proud of the industry and, and the bowling proprietors who you know, are represented by that board that said they want to get behind the PBA and they want to uh, promote bowling and getting out and going bowling through the vehicle of the PBA. And, um, and I'm really excited to be able to promote bowling, you know, freely and not, and not feel like just saying to go bowling is, um, uh, is kind of like an empty, um, promotion, having an actual, the actual BPA and go bowling and strike 10, you know, all behind that 
and knowing that they're going to be able to activate in bowling centers across the country um, based on things that we promote is really exciting to me because, as you know, I love bowling and love to promote it. And now to have this will this will bring it more into focus. And I think what a lot of people maybe don't understand is that there's so many people in bowling on both sides um, that that don't really that aren't necessarily into the sport of bowling. Both both of us, the PBA and bowling centers, can help that situation. Um, if that's not clear. The way I would illustrate it is when you walk into a bowling center or when you hear about the numbers of people that bowl in America in a year, you'll hear numbers like 60 million, 70 million people bowl um, at least once a year in the United States in bowling centers. And as you and I know, there that 70 million are not all fans of the PBA. If they if they were, we'd have the most popular sport in the country. Um, it's so so the PBA being able to promote in bowling centers better and more effectively will reach a lot of people that must like bowling enough to go bowling, but we need them to pick the sport up and and understand there's a professional level and to watch it as a fan and then and develop their own games based on a professional game. Conversely, on the PBA side, we have, let's say, a million people watching a show. We, had, we averaged a million people watching our show on ESPN on Christmas uh, Day this year for a World Series show. And we know that of that million, it's only about 20%, 200,000 or so that are really bowlers, hardcore bowlers, league bowlers, you know, people that bowl all the time. So we reach a huge audience of people on television that are just sports fans or just watching ESPN or just flipping the channels and they stop on bowling. And we need to get all of those people bowling. Sounds like this was such a common sense thing to work together. It seems like, though, this took a long time for the two organizations to really, in an official capacity, start working together. So what were some of the holdups in the past with this? Well, you know, we've worked together in the past and not as, not as, uh, I guess not as, uh, in such a big way where it's the title sponsor of the PBA tour, but we certainly have worked together in the past. We worked together for 10 years on the U S open, for example. And, you know, before, uh, about, what was that? 2012, you know, from about 2001 to 2012, we'd worked together on the U S open. The PBA ran it and kept it on television, and the BPA still owned that event. And that relationship also came with it, uh, a, a level of sponsorship, you know, through Pepsi that was done by the BPAA. Um, so we've always really been trying to help each other, but never this big of a way. And there always has been, you know, I think the BPA and the PBA would both say, um, a lack of being able to get together uh, in, in this, in this, to this scale, uh, in the past. And we should have been, you know, even back way before me and before Frank and before anybody back in the Eddie Elias days, you know, Eddie would talk about needing more support from the proprietors, but it's very difficult, you know, because just like, uh, with the USDC, uh, you know, it's all different individuals that have different ideas for what ways to promote the game. And, um, you know, not every, the BPAA is not a company that has 
3,000 bowling centers that work for it, and they tell them what to do. It doesn't work that way. They're, it's an association, and they have a membership, just like the, the bowlers in the USBC are. They're members of a, of a Congress, and, and so you know it, it comes down to uh, boards understanding the direction of, of a leadership that is trying to make sure all of the members are, are considered. So it's not as easy as just sitting in a room and saying, well, you know, the BPA should support the PBA uh, or promote or sponsor the PBA. Or, you know, it, it's never been as easy as that, even though to you and I it might sound easy. So for them to actually get there and, uh, and, and show this kind of support in, in a really important year for us um, is um, a great sign. I mean, I love it. I love it. I, I can't be more excited about a partnership. It's, you know, we've had great sponsors in the past, and, and a lot of people say, well, you need sponsors from outside the industry. And yes, we do. But as great as it was having Lumber Liquidators as the title sponsor of the PBA, and as great as it was having Denny's as the title sponsor of the PBA, it's just more fun for me personally to promote bowling than to promote Lumber Liquidators. You know, it's just, it's just something personally fun to be able to do because I want more people bowling. And Tom, I'm also guessing that with the PWBA being available on the extra frame platform, that had to help kind of with those relationships that you're referring to and with everyone at USBC and even the BPAA to see that we all can work together as a community and help bowling grow as a whole. Well, you know, it's totally separate. I mean, that's a, that's a totally separate deal, but yeah, I think that, uh, I think that we definitely showed over the last couple of years that we want to help the PWBA, even though, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily have a stake in it, but we want to help. We wanted our trucks to be at their events. We wanted to show their events on extra frame. Um, we, um, we, we promote the PWBA all the time through our social media and our email blasts and things that we do. And, and um, so, yeah, I think you're probably right. I mean, that wasn't even part of the conversation, but, um, but it, it's probably right that, that if, if the relationship between the industry and the PBA had been strained, you know, a couple of years ago, three, four years ago, it, it kind of reached a down point when, when the U.S. Open stopped. There was a lot of friction and things just weren't going the right way. Um, I think over the last couple of years, we've mended all of those fences. And, um, and that's what makes it really exciting because bowling has to be on the same page for it to win. We're, our competition should never be anything within bowling. Our competition is other sports and, and getting the attention of sports fans and growing our audience and growing the number of outside sponsors that we get. And we can only do that if we're united. So, Tom, I want to take this time to remind folks also, again, check out BowlingThisMonth.com. they got some great insight and articles up there right now, seeing the latest and greatest ball reviews. Lots of great stuff coming out this summer. You can check out all that. Check out the featured tips, bowling articles, their popular PWBA roundtable is there. You can see that, see some of the stars from the PWBA tour right there. Again, make sure you check all that out, BowlingThisMonth.com. World Series of Bowling, that was announced a couple months back, some of the changes and, and when it was taking place and the dates and some of the even some of the tournament issues that were going to be changing with the World Championship. Were, were those changes made based on player feedback from the player representatives that you guys had talked to, or was that something that you had been talking about all along? Uh, it's a combination. I mean, there was there are a few things. I mean, we met with the player committee even back at the World Series last year and got their thoughts and there are a couple of things that just jump right to mind that that came 
exactly from those meetings with our player committee, like uh, the fact that for the world championship, they, uh, they wanted to get away from bonus pins and round robin match play for the world championship part of the event. And we, uh, we agreed, we went with them on that. And so this year's world championship will be total pins and no um, bonuses for winning matches. And that's directly from the player committee. The other thing is, We've broken up the week, so you know every day we have a different animal pattern: the cheetah, the scorpion, the chameleon, the shark. This year um, we're having a day off in the middle, so we'll do cheetah and then scorpion, and then take a day off where everyone can practice for chameleon and shark, um, and and have a practice day in the middle to kind of catch their breath, reset. We think we feel like a lot of players that bowl the World Series. Uh, for a first time or are learning what the PBA is all about, we feel like they're going to have a chance to learn more by having this break in the middle uh, and, and be able to, to concentrate on, on improving for their last couple of days of competition. So that, and that came completely from the player committee. I thought that was a great idea. Um, some other things were things that we've wanted to do. For one, it's going to be a one squad event. So a full field of 80 uh, it's going to cut off entries at 180. I, I we just really want everybody to be bowling at the same time. So it's going to be a one squad event, and they're going to bowl twice a day and bowl more games total. So 10 games qualifying on each pattern, um, but but no, uh, um, but not A B and B A A B B A. So it's going to be one squad. Uh, that's something we're pretty excited about. Um, what else is new this year? You know, the match play, the elimination match play in the, in the animal pattern uh, events is still going to be there. I personally, I'm a big fan. I look at it from a fan's point of view. And when it gets down to, uh, you know, the round of 32 or 16, eight, four, you know, down to get to the show, uh, those matches are what, to me, what defines the world series and the bulk of the, the two week period there. And, and so we want to definitely uh, keep that, um, keep that as part of the event. So the event has a, it's a marathon. It's a bunch of different sprints. There's a lot of match play. There's a lack of match play in the world championship. We're doing um, the other thing that, that was successful last year that was new, um, but will get better this year is that for any diehard fan, and that's anybody that's listening to your show, they will be able to watch the finals of every world series event live on ESPN three, or watch ESPN app. Um, they will appear taped on ESPN later, but it's going to be simulcast live. So being able, so being able to give the real true bowling fans a chance to watch these events culminate live on ESPN three is a big deal to me, and I think that audience will continue to grow. I know I took advantage of watching that as well, so you're, I agree cool. with you 100%. That's a great way. If you're that hardcore bowler who wants to watch it live, you can. You can also then go back and watch it on TV as well. You talk about some of the, the newbies that are just, you know, the youngsters joining the PBA Tour. Let's talk a little bit about the health of the regional program. Where do you feel that's at, and what do you think needs to be done to keep the influx of newer blood, I guess you could say, of folks coming up through that program, because that really is, you know, one of the ways, and, and with everything that we've been doing, you know, that's how a regional program, and that's really what should be as, you know, used as a way to get folks up to, to bowling the World Series in Reno and the events like we're talking about down in Oklahoma. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that the, the easy answer is that the more successful the national tour is, the more successful the regional tour will be. You know, when there's more buzz and more 
uh, excitement around the, uh, the the greatest stars of the game succeeding and more people that want to get there, you know, and we've had no problem, you know, generating new stars in the last couple of years. It's been unbelievable with the number of young players that are succeeding on the PB, maybe better than ever. You know, when you, when you look at how young some of these players are that are, that are doing well uh, at the highest level. And uh, so I don't think we have a problem getting new stars, but I think we always just want to have more action at regionals and more uh, bowlers that are taking that, uh, they're testing the waters. And that's what I always tell anyone that wants to be a pro bowler, that you know, first learn about where your regional program is and bowl a couple regionals and you'll see exactly where you stack up. And most people struggle, you know, right out of the gate. It's, it's just more difficult to bowl in a PBA event, not just because of the conditions. There's more pressure, there's more prestige, there's better players around you, the lanes break down differently. You know, everything's different. So we want to get more and more people to get that experience so they can grow as players. And we feel like we still hold about the same amount of events. The number of events that we hold, around 150 regionals every year, is fantastic. But yeah, we want to have more bigger fields. Usually that has to do with, you know, the potential for prize money, the potential to move up. Um, but uh, we try so many different formats. We try one day events. You know, we try a lot of member, non member events, non champion events, you know, PBA 50, regular PBA events. You know, we try to do so many different things to mix it up, keep it interesting. And I'm really happy with our regional program. It's it's one of the most uh, successful parts of the of the PBA, even though it's not a profit center in any way. I mean, it's it's essentially a break even, you know, for the PBA, the whole regional program. But it gets us around all over the country, and and with with more stars taking part in regional play, which which some people think is negative, but I kind of think it helps people uh, if people enjoy it, the chance to bowl against an E.J. Tackett or an Anthony Simonson in a regional. And, um, and so the chance to see these, these guys uh, compete in more places is good to help our fan base. So you know, I feel really good about it, but as you know, you know we got to grow it in, in some different ways. And if the World Series is huge, and, and if all roads lead to the World Series, we've talked seriously about trying to bring the RPI back. How can we do it? It's a pretty big investment, but we'd love to bring it back and, and maybe make it part of the World Series but, uh, so that people can make it a one trip. And, and we're constantly thinking about ways to do that. Um, but, uh, but if the World Series is huge and people are making a lot of money there and you want to be a part of the PBA so you can be part of that, I think that will make the regional program grow. Tom, let's switch gears here talk about oil patterns. I know that's one of the things bowlers like to complain about quite a bit. Has there been any talks to do more than just tweak the PBA patterns and let's just say start over from scratch with a bunch of new patterns? Everybody loves the oil patterns. Uh, the conditions are perfect, and there's never been a complaint. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to see if I would convince myself of that. Yeah, I no, know, yeah, right? <laughs> no, no, for sure. For sure. We're always you know, tweaking. And you know what? We are going to. We're... we're uh, coming up in uh, after Oklahoma, you know, we're going to uh, sit down. And actually, uh, our lane maintenance uh, person and Kirk, our tournament director and deputy commissioner, they have a meeting uh, this Friday, actually, with the player committee just to get their feedback 
on every all of the patterns, their thoughts on patterns, their thoughts on formats, and so we want to just have notes taken from uh, you know from that committee on what they you know would like to see or think we need to address, and then after that we are going to come up with um, you know uh, a library of uh, of patterns, probably fifteen or sixteen um, that will be, some will be revamps, but, but like you said, we're not even going to think of them really as revamps. We're just going to think of them as different length. Some might be the same length. I mean, you can have two thirty-five foot patterns that play completely different. You know, you can, you can do a lot of different things. So, so the, um, so the goal will be to, to, un, to unwrap, uh, a bunch of different PDA patterns that will be the only ones used for the next calendar year. We won't even have, uh, most likely, I'll say this if, if anything can change, but we won't even have like regional versions of patterns or uh, PBA 50 versions of patterns. If for some reason we think a regional or a PBA 50 event um, doesn't want to use uh, uh, one of the PBA national tour conditions because the difficulty level is too, is too high, then we just won't use that pattern at a PBA 50 or a regional event. We'll use one of the other 16 because in that 16, um, on that menu, there'll be, you know, just being general here, but there might be five that are easy and five that are medium and five that are really hard. And there might be five short and five medium and five long. And, uh, there, you know, there might be different, we, we're definitely talking about using different oils and using different oils, even within the World Series of Bowling. So the first two days we might use one, the second two days we might use another. We're definitely wanting to create as much uh, diversity in the playing field as we can. And we also, at the same time, want to be as transparent as possible. So we want to get all these things out early enough so people can prepare for any events they're going to bowl in the PBA and that they'll know that, look, this is the, this is the pattern when we put it out. Um, and, and it's going to be the same wherever you go. Now, of course there's in regionals, we use a Kegel machine a lot of the time. So, you know, there'll be a Kegel version of the Brunswick uh, pattern that we have. But other than that differential, the only things that are going to be different when we put these patterns out are the bowling centers, the topography and the, and the characteristics of the bowling centers. So I think it'll be a little bit easier to follow, less confusing, uh, continuing to be as transparent as possible for the players. And, uh, and I think we're going to consider a lot of different variations uh, that will make people feel comfortable with the idea that we've got, um, you know, there's, there's, there's something for you, you know, in our, in our menu, the, the greatest players, of course, overcome every condition and they can bowl across anything. And my favorite tournaments are like this week in Oklahoma or the World Series when it is a different look every day. And that, and by the end of the week, you know the most versatile uh, players are usually going to make it to the top. Yeah, one of the things also an event that just took place was the PBA Extra Frame Billy Hardwick Memorial Classic, 
which um, was a plastic ball tournament and a, and a, a unique throwback way to, to bowling. And it's funny, we were talking earlier about the younger stars. Matt Sanders won his first PBA title on a, on a plastic and a, you know, on a plastic ball event. So that's one of those things too, that you guys have tried to bring back some of those things when people say, Oh, the technology and all this and all that. And, and trying to, you know, help people to remember the olden days, looking at the name of some of the bowlers that, you know, finished well in that tournament. You got, you know, your, your Jason couches, your Chris Barnes, and you know, some of the guys like that who probably go back to being where plastic bowling balls played more a part in their game. So you guys are certainly trying some of that stuff. Is that something, I mean, I know there, there was a bunch of stuff going on when, when that event was going on, there was, I know, a doubles event up in the Northwest, a, a member, non-member double, doubles are a PBA 50 uh, and regular member event. So there was a bunch of stuff going on. But is that something that you guys would say you're going to try to continue if uh, if the cards can work out in your favor for that again? Yeah, we definitely want to bring that back. And I hope that uh, we can go right there in Memphis. And uh, the affiliation with the Hardwick family is awesome. And um, and Gary Beck did a good job promoting that event. And, and um uh, yeah, I, you know, you, you, sometimes you're on Facebook and you read stuff and you think that the sky's going to fall if you have a plastic ball tournament. And the sky didn't fall. Every, everybody's okay today. You know, <laughs> we made it through. You know, and I really enjoyed watching the tournament. It just was. A, it's just a different tournament with a different set of rules and parameters. It's not. There isn't any kind of underlying message that we're going this way and this is all it's going to be from now on. And, you know, there isn't anything like that. It's just, hey, at this tournament, we have a limit on bowling ball technology. This is what you can use. I think that's interesting. You know, I think it's interesting week to week to week. Some people don't like it, and they don't have to like it. They don't. They can dislike it. They can not bowl. It's fine. We had a great field, though, and it was fun to watch, and there was a lot of young players. Every age player did well in it. Jason Couch and Chris Barnes, they didn't do well just because they used to bowl plastic. They're just good. You know? I mean, they're just great bowlers. I mean... And, uh, of course, some people are going to – it's going to match their eye a little bit more than others. But like you pointed out, the champion was uh, 23 years old. I can't wait – you know, I've never met him. I can't wait to meet him. I watched him all week on Extra Frame and, and congratulated him. Uh, but I just uh, – but I haven't met him, so I'm really looking forward to that. He seems like a, seems like another one to look for. He's not one that I had on, on the radar, and then he pops up. And, I mean, he looked like he had a great form. And left-handed player, there were a lot of good left-handed players in that field, and he – uh, it's not like the left had it and the right didn't or anything like that. He just he just beat them. He just beat them all. So uh, it was good for him. But yeah, I, I like different tournaments. They have different uh, personalities and characteristics. And every sport has that. Every individual sport that a lot of people in bowling want to, us to be more like, like tennis or golf. I mean, they all have. You know, the British Open is always completely different than Augusta National and. A clay, the clay court championship in in uh, France is completely different than Wimbledon on grass, and you know there's always different looks and different types of players that do well under different circumstances. And we just I, I like the idea that we can roll them out, and and it's interesting for fans. Tom, before we go, I have to mention this great app. It's called Track My Roll. You can check it out if you go to trackmyroll.com. It's available on both Android. And your iPhones, but this is something that it's the first and only mobile shot tracking app. So this is really neat. You can actually track your shots. You can watch the the ball path, your lay down, your break point, your average speed, your launch angle, your entry angle, 
all that stuff that the technical bowler really wants to know. And you can do it for each ball. So you can go in through your arsenal and you can compare and you can lay over the graph of what you did with this ball versus that ball. And this is a, a great deal. You want to check that out again. It's trackmyroll.com is their website. Check it out in the App Store or on your Android phone. It's on Google Play as well. But this is something that if you're a coach, you should be looking into. If you're a player, even you should be looking into it. But coaches, you need to take a look at this. This is uh, recommended by USBC Gold Certified Coach Ron Hatfield. So Ron doesn't put his name behind stuff that doesn't help those coaches out. So again, check all of that out at trackmyroll.com. Again, Tom Clark, thank you, Commissioner of the PBA, for joining us, taking some time. I know you're very busy, so I wanted to uh, thank you for joining us. Try to do it once every year or thereabouts, just get together and, and kind of chat about the state of P- the PBA and, and what's going on in your world and everything. So, again, thank you for making some time, and all the best. And, Tom, I hope to catch you down the road sometime soon. Hey, thanks a lot, Tim. Hopefully at the World Series I'll see you again. You know, the uh, I'm sorry I end up I end up – talking too much and uh, would love to have a, a conversation and take as much time as you are uh, and uh, let me know anytime so good luck with the show and, and the podcast uh, and i'm really happy that you keep that you keep it going